Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Robert Lapaz, but can't nobody wake up. We invaded airwaves. Haters mad, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves, and we have a lot to get to on tonight's episode. So I will be holding down on the solo tip, but nonetheless, that doesn't mean that we don't have great content to feed you guys. So we will be talking about the menstrual show that was Kanye West um, meeting with Donald Trump to talk about policies. Uh, We'll be discussing that as well as the fallback and the backlash from that, including reactions from from different uh, hip-hop superstars. On top of that, we're going to be talking about a beef that happened because of that. And I'm talking about the Twitter beef between Lana Del Rey and Azealia Banks. So that should be interesting. And also some uh, Wakanda news to get to that involves Ryan Coogler. So we'll get to that. But before we get to all that, pardon me, you guys already know how I like to get at um, at the beginning of each episode, I got some stuff to get off my chest. So on that note, it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Yes, 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 indeed, indeed. So this particular uh, first story that we're going to talk about actually hits ho- hits close to home because. It takes place right within the GTA. And this uh, story broke out earlier today, in fact, as of today, Friday, October 12th. And this story has to do with an elementary teacher in Ajax. Now, she goes by the name of Crystal Wilson, also known as Crystal Clunas. Not sure where that comes from, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, she is an elementary school teacher in Ajax who was recently... Uh, was it charged? Was she actually charged with this, or is she just alleged? Uh, no, she's just accused of. She hasn't been charged of it, but she has uh, nonetheless been accused of sexual assault on a minor. Okay, now this um, alleged minor is ten years old. That's what makes it very like even more shocking because usually when you hear about these types of stories, it involves like a teenager, someone who's like sixteen or seventeen years old. Still bad. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as shocking because we normally hear about those stories as it pertains to students within that age range. But to hear about a teacher who is who has allegedly been accused of sexual assault on a 10-year-old, that's a little alarming. Now, again, going back to this person, she's a 31-year-old teacher who's also a singer and a model as well. She's appeared in commercials for CHFI. <clears throat> she put out an EP recently uh, this year as well. And uh, she's, she's like, you look at her and like, you don't want to do the eye test because at that point you're stereotyping, but she doesn't have like the making, so to speak, of a child predator, basically. I mean, you look at this person and from an aesthetic standpoint, she is very beautiful. She is absolutely gorgeous. And you look at her and you say to yourself, wow, this woman can get 
any man that she wants, any grown man for that matter. So why go for a 10-year-old boy, you know? And mind you, we don't know whether or not, you know, those allegations are true. But how did someone like that, who looks like that, get caught up in a story like this? Which is insane. So she got released on $5,000 bail. Uh, recently, and there is a trial date that's uh, awaiting to be pointed, that's waiting to be appointed, basically. So we don't know when the trial date's going to take place, uh, but this whole incident took place during the 2017-2018 school year. So they've been sitting on this for quite a bit now, so they're just waiting to see when the, when the court dates are going to take place and what have you. <clears throat> what I find interesting about these stories is that there's also a double standard that comes with it, and usually the double standard is whenever you hear about a teacher who has who is allegedly involved in some sort of sexual activity with let's say a 16-year-old boy, 17-year-old boy, whatever the case may be, of course there's going to be some outrage, but on the on the flip side of it, you're going to have another contingency of people who are saying, "Yo, that kid's the man now." Like, look, look at this guy, right? And but when it whenever it's a male teacher, same scenario, like, 99% of the time, we look at this guy as a predator. You know what I mean? And, like, that's the society that we live in. It's full of double standards. And keep in mind, I'm not saying that either situation is right at all. Like, you can't be messing with minors. Like, anyone who's under the age of 18 would be considered a minor. And then, depending on how old you are in whatever state or province you're in, um, the age of consent is usually 16 for the most part. So take take that with a grain of salt. But either way... You can't be you can't be a teacher, male or female, and messing with somebody who is under the age of eighteen. Like it just doesn't fly that way. Now in college, especially, I mean, it's a bit different in college because now you're dealing with the student body who's at least eighteen or older. So at that point, it's kind of fair game, but at the same time, it does add a conflict of interest. Because of the fact that if this student is in your classroom, then basically you have the power to control their fate as far as whether they get a passing or failing grade. And let's say they are getting a failing grade, but because, you know, they gave you a little something, something on the side, they, they, they turn from a C- minus student all the way to an A-plus student. They now have a 3.5 GPA when they had like a, a 2.2 at one point in time. So the, a, lot of, a lot of ears are going to be perked. A lot of eyebrows are going to be raised in that scenario. But now we're in a completely different scenario, however. We're now in a scenario where you have a teacher, 31-year-old teacher, a grown woman, who allegedly touched a boy who was 10 years old. So we're talking fifth grade at this point, fifth grade. This boy hasn't even gone through puberty yet. So if this is true, this is deeply disturbing, and we have to know why it came to this point, how it came to this point, how, how it came to this point, what were her motives. Um, in an article that was written about her via the Toronto Sun, it also goes into detail, well, not a lot of detail, but it mentions that she went through a, a, a state of uh, mental, um, um, not mental depression, but depression in general, basically. She went through a state of depression. Um, it doesn't specify as to when she went through this period in time as, as far as was this very shortly before uh, this whole story took place and what have you, but it does mention that. So if that's the case, and she did touch this boy, some, somewhere down the road, that could be related to it. Not that, that doesn't excuse it, but that could be a connecting piece in, in this whole entire puzzle to, altogether. Either way, this is very disturbing. 
you know, this is very disturbing. It's disturbing because, you know, this is your child you're talking about. And school is supposed to be a safe haven. It's supposed to be a safe environment for your little boys and your little girls. But now that you hear about, you know, a teacher, an adult at that, who had allegedly partaken in some sort of sexual activity with said little boy, now it's almost like you don't feel that your child is safe anywhere. Because if they can get be touched in your school or in your ter- or your church <clears throat> or any or anything of that sort, then like what what boundaries are there now? Are there any boundaries to even begin with? And then with the ar- arrival of the story, there have even been rumors popping up that there is constant communication taking place between this little boy and the teacher in terms of texting and social media and what have you. And mind you, this is all rumors because we don't know if that's to be true. I guess when the trial takes place, they may they may dive further into that. But nonetheless, if that is, in fact, another factor into the story, then how the hell did this did this teacher get this boy's phone number? I mean, first of all, speaking for myself personally, why did this boy even have a phone in the first place? That's the, that's the thing I want to know. Now, mind you, there's some parents out there who are rich and they want to buy their kids' cell phones and they put them on their cell phone plans. And I guess it's their way of keeping in contact with their kids. I get it. I don't know. They're 10 years old. That's a little too much power to have, you know, if, as a 10-year-old to have a cell phone. I mean, I'll put my cell phone blast. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 19. But we weren't in the social media age at that point. So go figure. But even then, man, that's there's a lot to digest with the story. At the same time, we don't know the particulars of the story. We only know the peripherals of it. We don't know if this is in fact true because right now it's alleged, meaning that there's person there's someone accusing this person of doing it. At the same time, she was released from prison on a five thousand dollar bail. So, but then again, that doesn't mean anything because anyone can be falsely arrested and falsely imprisoned and then bailed out because of of, of that. But either way, that kind of correlates to what we're going to talk about in our next topic. But nonetheless, <clears throat> do you agree? Do you disagree uh, as far as the validity of the story? What do you want to know more about the story? Either way, hit me up on, on all social media platforms that we have on the show at Cool Radio CC and let me know what your thoughts are. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we're going to talk about Kanye West and all of this coonery, man. I'm sorry, man. This is. This is a lot to take in. This is definitely a lot to take in where he's discussing things like prison reform and, and all that stuff. So we're going to get into that. Uh, so keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. It's your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Now, okay. I don't want to talk about this. I really wanted to try my best to avoid this topic, but it can't be helped at this point. It can't be helped. Um, On that note, we got to talk about Kanye again. And at this point, I don't think it can get any worse. I'm hoping it can't get any worse. But just know that I bailed off the ship a long time before everyone else did up until two weeks ago. So with that said... We're going to get into this topic right now, and we're going to talk about his visit to the Oval Office with Donald Trump and uh, Jim Brown, retired NFL legend, amongst a ton 
of media members, which I'll get to later on in the segment. And basically, he brought up a bevy of topics that he wanted to discuss with the likes of Ebro Darden and and uh, Colin Kaepernick and a few other people he wanted to gather in the White House, but was unsuccessful in doing so because they didn't they did not want to be a part of this menstrual menstrual show, and rightfully so. Can't blame them. Um, so let's talk about a few things that were hot-button topics in this interview. So first and foremost, of course, he wore the MAGA hat. Uh, secondly, he talked about prison reform, all right? This is like one of the hot-button topics that he was discussing during his visit to the White House and what have you. And he was talking about prison reform, and he was trying to wax poetic on the 13th Amendment and why it should be abolished, and again... He still wasn't making any sense when he was discussing the abolishment of the 13th Amendment. Now, he was saying that it should be abolished altogether because it includes the it doesn't include the uh, the the uh, I guess you could say the rebuking of enslavement within the prison system. And I do agree that there are some prison systems out there in America, especially that still have inmates conducting acts of manual labor and, and slave labor, and they don't rehabilitate. And I agree upon that. But because of that, you shouldn't say that you want to abolish the 13th Amendment altogether. If anything, you should say that you should improve upon the 13th Amendment so that people who are in prison don't have those don't have to go through the same ordeals of, of somebody who would be in, enslaved at that point. Don't say because of one minor loophole in here about the 13th Amendment that you should get rid of it altogether. Because if that's the case, you may as well send us back to the Jim Crow era. No, say you want the 13th Amendment to be improved upon. That's what you should be saying instead of abolishing it altogether. That just sounds idiotic. That's why when I'm hearing this guy talk about the 13th Amendment, how it should be abolished altogether, I find that idiotic because, again, you would have a system where people would be enslaved. And at that point, slavery would not be a choice. Slavery would be mandatory at that point. Um, this is why somebody should go and talk to him altogether, if you really think about it. But talk to him specifically about that. <laughs> and talk to, you know, Ava DuVernay about that because she did a great documentary about the 13th Amendment, what, it was like last year, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody should really introduce that that documentary to him because then he would be making a lot more sense. Or at least we would hope so. And then later on uh, in that same thing, you know, before I get to – actually, no, before I get to that point, actually, I just want to point out the hypocrisy of him, you know, wanting that – amendment abolished and what have you and how there shouldn't be any slaves or anything like that you have someone like donald trump who's in office who is basically encouraging you know the use of of slavery because for the longest time even before he was elected president he said as part of his campaign that he would get the mexicans to build a wall to divide mexico and america so that illegal immigrants wouldn't hop over the border and that he would have the Mexicans build the wall for him and that America wouldn't be paying a dime. Last I checked, not paying somebody for, for any type of service or work and forcing them to do it is slavery. Okay, let me just put that out there. And then on top of that, you had a situation where he was separating women from their, or sorry, he was separating uh, men and women from, when, men and women from their children and locking these children in cages, detaining them. Why are you throwing their children in cages for? 
The, the children aren't the ones who, broke, who, who, who did the crime. And even then, why would you separate the families altogether? Again, this is... This is this isn't even Jim Jim Crow at this point. This is Willie Lynch. This is Willie Lynch tactics to divide the men from the women, to divide the adults from the kids, and to divide the light skin from the dark skin. This is a Willie Lynch tactic that was used in slavery. So in essence, Trump is is without even saying it, he is endorsing slavery. So why would you go to a man like Trump who has no interest? And changing up whatever tactics he has currently used to get him to this point in the presidency. The only tactic he has changed is the ability to align himself with prominent black figures like a Kanye West, like a Jim Brown. To align himself with those people so that he can get more approval ratings within the black community. Also, not to mention, the midterms are coming up. The midterms are coming up in like, what, a month, two months from now? This is perfect timing for him. Because you have an influential figure in the black community like a Kanye West who's, who is attempting to speak on the behalf of black people in America. Even though he himself claims that black people aren't a monolith, yet he wants them to be a monolith so that they can help support Trump. <sighs> Hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on, man. Ay, Jesus Christ, man. Ah. It's not even time for that segment yet, and I'm already dropping it on him. Like, God damn, this guy. Like, this is why I don't understand why there's still a legion of people who still support Kanye West. Like, they think that out of nowhere, they're going to get the old Kanye back. Listen, the old Kanye is dead. Been saying this for the longest time. And then people will try and ex and explain on his behalf that, oh, it's, it's his mental health. He's not up there all together. He's not great. Fine. I can acknowledge that. And that's one of the few things that I agreed with him upon uh, upon this whole diatribe that he went on uh, for about 10 minutes. The whole video is about 20 minutes overall. But a half of it, maybe 15 minutes of it, is Kanye speaking. But yeah, him having a mental disorder doesn't excuse him for, for spewing out vile and hateful rhetoric and uneducated rhetoric at that. Now, mind you, one of the few things that he did say that I did agree with is that, you know, there should be better ways to stimulate children uh, when they're in school as far as education is concerned. I agree because some people, some students get bored of the same old tired curriculum. So I agree with that. But do you really think that Trump is the man to, to enact that? And then another thing that he said uh, was how, you know, Apple is going to be the ones to build a hydrogen plane uh, that, that runs a hydrogen, basically, that making it more clean and safer for the environment and what have you. And he's talking as if he's already spoken with Apple about this, and he's going to call it the iPlane. And how, you know, there should be more factories in America to have things manufactured so that they are built and made in America and what have you. He's saying that, yet this is the same guy who was begging and pleading to be aligned with some of the hottest uh, fashion designers in Europe, whether it's Givenchy or Gucci or whatever the case, he wanted to be a part of that inner circle. And he tried so hard to be a part of that inner circle. But now you, because, you know, they didn't like your attitude and they didn't want you to be a part of their circle, now you want to cry and say that there should be more factories in America that should manufacture more things in America so that it can be built and made in America, made by America? Bruh, really? 
Would you be saying all of that if these, you know, European or overseas manufacturers, you know, endeared to you? Would you be saying that? Would you keep that same energy? Of course you wouldn't. You look at Adidas, the company that he's with right now that sells his sneakers. Half of their stuff isn't even manufactured in America. It's manufactured in China primarily. But you're saying that you want to have a lot of factories, you know, built in America so that everything can be manufactured in America. Yet you yourself are aligned with a company, signed on a contract with a company that doesn't even build their own stuff here or there, I should say, in America, since I'm in Canada or whatever, but doesn't build their own stuff in America. But you want to cry and complain that there should be more of that in America. Get the fuck out of here, man. Honestly, the hypocrisy, the, the, the level of contradiction is, is hilarious. Like, Kanye doesn't need to be doing all of this right now at all, ever. Like, he cemented himself in hip-hop history and pop music history as well. Kanye, you know, if, he had, if he's invested and saved his money right over the years, has enough money to have his own type of sneaker, his own type of brand manufactured in America. He should start there. Start off small and then go big. But no, this guy's saying we should have more companies like this. I'm not saying he's wrong about having more companies manufactured in America, but when you are aligned with companies that have your products made elsewhere, then you are the wrong person to be delivering that message because in essence, you don't practice what you preach. So let's continue on uh, about what else he said during this whole, you know, coon fest. So basically... He also stated that the violence in Chicago is a manifestation of black people not respecting themselves. He said that when it comes to the, the gun violence in Chicago in particular, it's because of black on black crime. And instead, we should be focusing more on that rather than, you know, police killing blacks because the numbers of blacks killing blacks is higher than the numbers of police killing blacks. <sighs> Hold on. You're going to hear that drop throughout this entire segment on multiple occasions. I guarantee you that. Um, here's the thing. When it comes to the gun violence in Chicago, it is not a matter of black-on-black -black crime. It is a matter of just crime, period. Crime operates within proximity. That's how crime works. When you are, you know, locked or constructed or confined within the concentrated area where there, where there is a low amount of resources, then crime is going to be abundant, whether that's a ghetto in Chicago or a ghetto in Wisconsin. It's going to happen no matter what the racial numbers are going to entail. So it's not a matter of black-on-black -black crime because, let's be honest, black-on-black -black crime, or black-on-black -black crime, rather, is a media construct and, and that's, that's basically meant to put a place, a magnifying glass on the black community to make them less than what they are. To, in fact, stereotype them as such, as being people who are hyper-violent, hyper-sexual, or whatever the case may be. That way you have people saying that these people are nothing more than predators and they need to be brought to heel. We already know where that came from, right? But no. It is, it's... It's a, it's a media construct, and it's also another form of racism. It's systemic racism. Because if you think about it, whether it's liberal news or conservative news, when have you ever heard the term white-on-white white crime? You've never heard it. Why? Because the media 
doesn't want to construct a term like that because at the end of the day, white people aren't minorities. They should just call it crime, period. Because if you think about it, white on white crime happens more than black on black crime because there are more white people in the United States. So by proxy, white on white crime should be the bigger issue instead of black on black crime. The real issue that should be discussed is the issue of black people, unarmed black people at that, being killed by law enforcement at a disproportionate rate. That should be the real issue that Kanye should bring up. But no, he's pandering to Donald Trump and all the conservative white people who love to have a black patsy on the side so they can say, hey, you see, this guy gets it. But he doesn't even understand the fact that he's playing into their trap. Let's get to another topic that he that he was discussing in there, man. Um, actually, you know what? Those were the actual those were actually the main topics that he was discussing. Those are the main things right there. Now, what I also picked up upon when he was in the Oval Office giving his diatribe was he was cussing a fair amount, cussing. Like, there's a time and place for everything, Kanye. Kanye, of all people, should know this, but nonetheless, there should be a time and place for everything. If you're in the Oval Office and you're discussing policies with whomever is the head of state, you sh there's no need for that profanity. Like, you're a representative of the hip-hop community. Hip-hop is already under a large magnifying glass as it is, unfairly, if I may add, and you're out here cussing off a storm. Imagine if Jay-Z was in office discussing policy with Barack Obama and he was cussing off his mouth. Like, Barack already got enough negative publicity as it was. Imagine if that moment took place and he was cursing off mother F this, mother F that, BS this, BS that. The media would have a field day with this. And I'm sure Trump has called out rappers in the past for cussing in their lyrics and what have you. But here you have... Trump and his little ventriloquist dummy Kanye West, and he's cussing off a storm, and he has nothing to say about it. He had very little to say throughout that entire spiel, in fact, which I found very telling because he knows exactly what he's doing. And going back to Kanye West having mental health and everything, I don't condone him speaking a whole bunch of nonsense uh, and, and him being um, mentally unstable as an excuse to do so. But to go back to Trump, however, knowing that Kanye is going through some sort of bipolar disorder and him taking advantage of it, he's a piece of shit for that. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows. And I'm not about to call Kanye a victim because Kanye is responsible for his own actions. But Donald Trump definitely does not help in this matter either. And what I'm disappointed in is that there's nobody on Kanye's payroll telling him that he shouldn't be doing half the shit that he's doing. Nobody's telling him, nobody's giving him the proper advice. I'm sure there are people who have tried to do so, but the people who are constantly around him on a regular basis aren't doing that. And this is why we're having moments like that from Kanye West. And we all know when it comes to Kanye, especially within like the last five years or so, he doesn't speak out publicly, whether it's on camera or on social media, about anything unless he's selling a product or he's getting ready to sell a product. We all know that Yandi was supposed to come out, but that's not going to come out until later. And I'm sure it's coming out soon, which is why he's being a part of the media circus as of now. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how this guy still has supporters, whether it's 
of his social me- social message or of his music. His music hasn't even been that good in the last five years. So why are people still supporting? And I get it. Music is totally subjective. I get it. But when you have, when I hear people saying that this man's music is as great as it was from 2004 to 2010, Doc, this is one question I got to ask. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. You know what the worst thing about the about all this was? And I was harping back to the media standpoint about how many media members there were there. The fact that America, Florida specifically, just went through a horrific hurricane that took six lives in counting so far. And many homes were destroyed. Many lives were altered because of that hurricane. And yet the president of the United States decided to devote his time to someone who is a borderline lunatic who has no political credentials at all whatsoever to speak of and invited a media circus to discuss said things. But a hurricane just took place. And you couldn't even, at the very least, tweet about it. You had to get the media circus that was Kanye West and his cooning ass to talk about policies that you know damn well you're not going to reenact. The Dow Jones plummeted for the second day in a row. But you're out here entertaining the coonery that is Kanye West. And then the joke is... Kanye always wants to talk about how since Trump has been been in office, the the uh, unemployment rate within the black community went down from 7.8% to 6.6%, which is a fact, yes. But that was off the heels of the hard work that, Bar- that Barack Obama did in office to bring down the unemployment rate within the black community. When Barack Obama started in office because of what happened during the Bush administration – the black employment rate was at 12.8%. By the time he was done his presidency, it went down to 7.6. So you're talking about a 5% drop-off versus a 1% drop-off, which is basically off of the momentum of what Obama instated during his presidential run. So if you're going to talk about numbers, bring up all the numbers. Don't just bring up all the numbers that are convenient to you and whatever your crazy-ass agenda is, Kanye West. You can be the contrarian all you like. You can be Mr. Counterculture. I do things different. I'm different. Look at me. I'm so pretentious. But when you're doing this to when you're doing it to this extent, that's when you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and wipe off the black face smudge that you have all over your visage. Wipe off the red lipstick, take off the mammy hat, and ask yourself, is it all worth it in the end? That's what Kanye needs to ask himself because right now, at this very moment, Kanye is a walking, living menstrual show. I thought Tyler Perry was a walking, living menstrual show. But Kanye, oh my God, he is the mammy of his own menstrual show right now. And Donald Trump is the executive producer of that production and he is saying, dance, coon, dance for me right now. That is what's happening. So for any of you guys out there 
who still want to support Kanye West and what he's doing and the rhetoric he's been spewing out, just know that you're supporting someone who is conducting himself in coon behavior and just know that you are now part of the problem because you fail to recognize that Kanye is doing wrong by his fans and by the people around him. And you know damn well, I don't care how subjective music taste can be, you know damn well that if, if you've been listening to his music from 2004 up until now, you know damn well that he has had a significant creative drop-off. You cannot tell me that college dropout is, is on par with Jesus. Because college dropout is out of the stratosphere. Jesus is the gum beneath my shoes. You cannot tell me that Life of Pablo is on the same level as late registration. You cannot tell me that yay is on the same level as graduation. You can't. If you do, you're lying to yourself. And you're part of the problem of why Kanye is the way he is right now. Not the main problem, but part of the problem. He's cooning and you're applauding. Think about that. But hey, what do I know? All I know is that I'm going to have a legion of people who are going to be very split and divided on this. So with that being said, do you agree or do you disagree? Either way, let me know. Share your thoughts on all platforms at Cool Radio CC. After the break, we are going to talk about the fallouts of what has happened uh, with this whole meeting with Trump. What some of the stars had to say, some of the people who are arguing about it, all that good stuff. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. It'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. <clears throat> and this is Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show. Now, a lot of people are having mixed messages about Kanye West, mixed feelings, if you will, based on his messages that he's been spewing out um, during that whole Oval Office presentation, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, there was some fallback to it. So with that said, it's time to get into Trip Talk. So first topic on Trip Talk is the responses that people were giving out based on what Kanye had said. And two of the most telling ones came from Diddy and T.I. Now, T.I. has been vocal about Kanye over the last couple of years now because of his rhetoric, especially with the whole Make America Great Again hat-wearing thing. And Diddy is not someone who really speaks on on a lot of you know issues happening with uh, other recording artists and what have you. He kind of, you know... Drinks his water, minds his own business. But in this scenario, he had to speak up. Now, Diddy is not one to shy away from politics. He's been very active in the political stream, um, especially when you go back all the way back to 2004 with the Voter Die campaign when it was, um, I think it was George Bush versus John Kerry at that time. I think it was uh, during Bush's uh, second term or when he was being elected for the second term. But nonetheless, I digress. Uh, but basically... Diddy went on social media and said, um, he basically said, get Kanye on the phone with me right now. Hashtag not black excellence. So pretty much he basically stated that somebody needs to talk to Kanye as many people have been stating. And he went very easy on Kanye in comparison to T.I. Where T.I. just went on this tirade on social media. He denounced him. He rebuked him. He condemned him. He called him a coon, a mammy, 
a man tan. Uh, he called him so many disrespectful things, but pretty much factual if you think about it. So can't get mad at T.I. for stating the truth because essentially what T.I. is or what Kanye is doing is in fact cooning. Um, but nonetheless, he went in on him and rightfully so because somebody needs to smack some sense into this boy because he isn't right. Like what he's saying right now is very divisive. His rhetoric is very poisonous. And yes, his peers, his contemporaries need to call him out for it. And you just can't have any type of conducive dialogue with the person who is spewing so much, you know, damn near genocidal, you know, facts, you know, in support of a guy who doesn't care about him or people who look like him. He's just being used as a patsy so that he can get more votes within the black community. But yeah, that's what T.I. said. That's what Diddy said. And they had every right to say it. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? Either way, share your thoughts on social media. At Cool Radio CC. Now let's get into Donald, or sorry, Lana Del Rey. Pardon me. So she had an interesting dialogue with the internet's busiest troll, Zelia Banks. Now, basically, Lana Del Rey went on social media earlier in the week to discuss her discontent for Kanye's, you know, recent acts of coonery. I mean, let's call it for what it is, because of the fact that he has been saying so much poisonous things that could be a detriment to the black community. That could be a detriment to just America in general and like how we hold certain views and what have you. And basically she was right to say this and I don't care if it's coming from a white person or anyone who's non-black in general. What Kanye is saying is in fact poisonous to a community of people who want to see change within America as far as more diversity is concerned, more inclusiveness and what have you. And Kanye's rhetoric compromises that when you're wearing a hat that clearly sh uh, shows and shares the feelings of how this current president views the country right now. And basically, she went on social media to speak against that, and rightfully so. Now, I'm going to pull up the quote in a moment, but my browser is being very difficult right now, so please bear with me on that. But generally, the basis of what Lana Del Rey stated was that she does not agree with Kanye and that it's very disappointing that he is saying a lot of this rhetoric because of the fact that he is such an influential figure in the black community and he's doing the culture wrong by what he is stating, what he's been stating for the last little bit now, basically. So Iggy is or not Iggy Azalea, pardon me, Azealia Banks, the Internet's busiest troll, did not take too kindly to what Lana Del Rey was saying and basically stated that she is yet another white woman pretending to be an ally to the black community and will basically get the benefit of the doubt by her white contemporaries and demonizing Kanye West, a black man, because of the amount of privilege that she has. So you already know how Iggy or how Azalea Banks operates. You already know that. However, with that said... I didn't know that Lana Del Rey operated in a particular fashion, in the gully fashion, if I may add myself, because the clapback that she gave to Azealia Banks was, might I say, breathtakingly marvelous, okay? So, <laughs> I, I didn't know she had an inner. I did not know she had an inner. I did not know. But basically, Lana Del Rey said this, to Azealia Banks, and I quote, 
as I'm looking for the quote right now. Um, okay, there we go. It's pulling up right now. This is what she said after Azalea Banks basically tried to call her out for try to call her out for appropriate appropriating the culture and trying to take advantage of a black man when he's down. This is what this is what Lana Del Rey said to her, and I quote: "You know the Addy, pull up anytime. Say it to my face. But if I were you, I wouldn't." Hold on a second. No, I don't think I don't think y'all got that. Let me hear that one more time. There we go. I didn't know she could get gully like that. The woman said, pull up. Pull up. Okay. Let, let, let's continue on. This woman also said, and I'm talking about Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey towards, Azalea, or towards Azalea Banks. They're both Azaleas. God damn. And I quote, I won't knock. Sorry. I won't not fuck you the fuck up. Period. End quote. Where is this coming from? <laughs> And then she also states, and I agree with her, well, partially, she said this, Banks, you could have been the greatest female rapper alive, but you blew it. Don't take it out on the only person who had your back. Don't burn your bridges. Simple as that. Now, I don't know if she could have been the greatest female rapper alive. I don't know about that, but she could have been one of the best. She could have been an alternative from what's in the mainstream right now. She could have been that. But no, she's coming to Kunri like Kanye, but on a different level. So Banks, who was obviously, you know, triggered by this, decided to go on the offensive and basically disrespected Lana Del Rey in a way that had nothing to do with the overarching theme to it all. She basically disrespected her based on her looks and her body fat and all that stuff. Just body shaming her altogether. But... <clears throat> I find that very ironic because wasn't she the same woman, and I'm talking about Azalea Banks, the same woman who was playing victim when she went on a comedy show called Wildin' Out where she was being poked fun at by her physical appearance on a show that is supposed to be poking fun at your contemporaries. But no, she's out here dissecting people's, you know, Oh, my God. Uh, I swear to God, I'm allergic to hypocrisy. I really am. Because I can't comprehend how you get mad at other people who disrespect you, but then you go ahead and disrespect other people all in the same vein. But then you want to cry victim. But Lana Del Rey handled this like a pro. Because at the end of it, at the end of the body shaming, she tweets the following, and I quote, I'll send you my surgeon's number and a good psychiatrist I know in L.A. Your psych meds aren't working. Hashtag, you need a new cocktail. <laughs> Off the strength of this, I might stream an album from Lana Del Rey. I've never heard any of her music ever. Not that I don't like her. I just, it never came across my mind to actually listen to this woman. But now, I just might. I just might. Off of this. Clap for her. You deserve an applause, my friend. You will have as many takeout to go plates at the barbecue as you want, as the cookout as you want. Jeez. Oh, man, that was great. But anyways, I digress. What do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know what your thoughts are, okay? And the final topic in Trip Talk and going away from the Kanye madness, let's go into some more pleasant news, all right? Because I feel like this entire, this entire episode has been bad news all around. But let's go to some good news. Official news, if I may add. So, Ryan Coogler, 
the superstar director of such movies as Fruitvale Station, Creed, and Black Panther, speaking of which, he has now officially agreed with Marvel Studios to write and direct the sequel to Black Panther, which we don't know what the name of the sequel will be, but Black Panther 2. Let's just say that for now. Now, we all know it was a foregone conclusion that there would be a sequel to Black Panther, especially if you look at the contract situations, if you really want to dive that deep into it. And we all all but knew that Coogler would sign on for the movie sequel, once again, after it became such a huge success. And Marvel basically said, listen, dude, there's a blank check. Name your price. Kevin Feige himself said, we want him to come back. It's all up to him, and he could take as much time as he needs. Now, I'm sure they took the time um, in, in uh, renegotiating because, you know, the movie made a gajillion dollars, you know, in the box office. It became the highest super uh, selling superhero movie of all time. It became the highest critically acclaimed superhero movie of all time. Obviously, at that point, you're licking your you're licking your chops. You get to negotiate what contract you get to have going forward to recreate the magic that you just created with, with this film. So obviously, him and his management team, I'm sure they got together and said, listen, this is my price now. Look at the numbers that this movie did. And I'm sure everyone who has anything to do with that film gets to renegotiate their price. I heard Chadwick Boseman signed on for five movies, and he got a $2 million, um, $2 million paycheck out of it, essentially. And because it became the highest selling movie in Marvel's history, and I think Infinity War may have beaten that, obviously, for obvious reasons, but because of all the accolades that it got and potentially the nominations that it's going to get at the Oscars, Chadwick is now in a position to renegotiate his contract. Um, Robert Downey Jr. did the same thing when Iron Man first came out. Robert Downey Jr., because he had a very spotty history during that time, only received $500,000 for Iron Man 1. When Iron Man 2 came out, this man went to the bank. He got $15 million out of that bitch. So Chadwick Boseman can easily do the exact same thing. Hell, look at uh, Scarlett Johansson. They just signed, she just signed on for a uh, Black Widow solo movie, and she's going to get paid $15 million for it. So good for her. All I'm saying is everyone should get paid what they're owed, all right? She's been in the MCU since damn near the very beginning. She's one of the OG members. Chadwick, he made the MCU that much more popular than it already was. And Ryan Coogler directed and wrote a beautiful film that sold all the money, sold all the tickets, earned all the money. He should be getting paid as well. So good on him. Good on Marvel Studios for signing that man and giving him what he's owed. I don't know how much he's being paid for the film, um, but he definitely should be securing that bag for real. So good on him for that. That is good news. Um, I would have been very disappointed had they not been able to reach a deal to bring him on for the sequel to Black Panther because you can't make a movie like that without him. You, you just can't. So good for him for securing the bag. Um, do you agree? Do you disagree? I don't see how you would disagree. But either way, let me know on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. And now time for the final segment of the evening, which is entitled The Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week, let's be honest, it's Kanye West. I've said what I've had to say about Kanye throughout the entire show. I will say no more. It's self-explanatory at this point. There were a few wanksters that were wankster-worthy, but Kanye, 
took them out in a landslide. So with that being said, Kanye, you're the wankster of the week. I've said my piece. Do you deserve to be the wankster? Of course you do. Let's drop it one more time. And that's tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, we will have a guest next week. I will keep the de uh, details posted as the week goes along, but we will have a guest next week, most definitely. But as you already know, follow, follow us on social media on multiple platforms at Cool Radio CC. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.